0: Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Well, welcome back to the Lighthouse Experiment. Tonight it's going to be a great night. Super excited to have Chuck Kova on our podcast tonight, and Ashley Chandler and Jim Parkin.
1: kind of talking about this since Ah. the very beginning
2: oh you you went right there i was thinking yeah i wonder if that's going to come up so yeah i've been uh i uh am glad that we finally made it happen for sure
1: it's been a long journey we've just hit a couple weeks ago right ashley 100 episodes i saw that congratulations that's a big deal it seems like it just flew by really yeah and then you look at it kind of reverse engineer it and look back and then you're like oh geez it's been a long time we've been doing this
0: yeah. Yeah. In some ways, it seems like we should have like 200 episodes. Like it just mm-hmm. there's just so many things. And then on the other hand, I'm like, oh, like, if you would have told me a few years ago that I'd be editing podcasts and doing this stuff, I'm like, ah, probably not, you know, and not <laughs> that it's not cool. But I just, I, I guess, even this year, I've said a couple of times, I think in the last few weeks of I'm capable of more than I give myself credit for. And so something like editing a podcast and doing this has just been really cool to think about,
2: you know. Well, congratulations for your audience, just to know that you guys are in it for the long haul. It means right. a lot. It means a lot, for sure. So kudos, congratulations.
1: That aspect, Chuck, is super interesting, because we started having people that would, knowing that the episodes typically come out on Thursday, by Tuesday evening, like end of shift, they're asking me when the episode's coming out. I'm like, See? you know, it comes out on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But did you record? I'm recording tonight
0: they so out.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's been cool. It's been very cool.
2: I love that because it again, it just it means that you're reaching people where they are, right? If they're anticipating it, so good stuff, man.
1: So, so tonight I thought we we asked you on because of one your your skill set as a life coach and your your wisdom and knowledge there. So what we wanted to talk about was how we keep folks in the first responder community, especially in the times we're in encouraged kind of both on and off the job, you know, as a premise for some of us, like for me, I love it. I love it. I love it a little more during COVID season. Cause it's just leveled up that much more intense. You know, I like, I love the bad calls, bad patients, good calls, good patients. Everybody has bad days, but but because of all that not in spite of it i absolutely love what i do but that's just me for other folks they do it because they like to have people say thank you for your service and like all the free coffees and and all the other stuff and it's so for for those folks who haven't quite found their way probably don't know in a faith based in a christ based uh kind of worldview. They don't know this as their calling. So I just wanted to kind of provide some encouragement and let them know how to just keep themselves up. Yeah.
2: So maybe I can just open with a story. Hopefully it's relevant. And there was, uh, James was a young man that I met literally on a trail run years ago now. Um, I don't know, seven, eight, 10, seven, eight years ago. And he was a former EMT and he, what he talked about was the fork in the road. And I, it's a, a decision as he painted the picture was that everyone in a first responder kind of role, that's a decision point that they get to this fork in the road when they have to decide, is this a job or is this a calling? And the reason he said it was such a profound question was because the things you see, the experiences you have, the role that you have to play if it's just, if it's just a job, um, frankly, he was unable to do it any further because it was a job to him. And so what it was doing was it was, it was always a, it was always a drainer and there was, he was never able to recover uh, to a place where he was giving away what he had. He was always just trying to dig out of an empty well. He realized for him it was not a calling and, so that's uh, so for your audience, if they're in for the long haul, I think there is that there is that aspect of you know calling versus it's it's a vocation. I want to say just a job because it's just it's a crazy hard job. Even if it's right. a job, I, I certainly uh, my hat is certainly tipped to anybody that puts themselves in that place. And so then the question of how do we stay encouraged and the Trick, I think I have coming in on um, this conversation tonight is I don't want to come off. Man, how do I say this? I don't understand. I I can't understand what you see, what you experience, what you do. I've never been in that role, so please, to you, to your audience, just know that I'm coming to it from a place a little bit from the outside in. So anything I have to say, I would say run it through your filter, and see see what lands for you, and. And don't be afraid to throw out what's not there. Uh, the where I would set, start though is this place of of the sense of of mission or vision, if you want to call it purpose. And it's this idea that having and always hanging on to the idea of what you're doing, what you're chasing after, is about something bigger than yourself. Right. And so, for me, yeah. the idea of mission. Can be articulated by answering two questions and the first question is who do you serve and the next question is how do you serve them and you can literally break that mission down obviously into a mission just about your job you can have a mission around your family who do you serve and how do you serve them you might have a mission for self-care which i think especially is very relevant to this conversation like i said you can't give away what you don't have so Self-care isn't necessarily just selfish. It's critically important to make sure that, that you take care of yourself so you can take care of others. So this idea of mission of who do I serve? Well, in this case, I serve me. And then how do I serve them? Ah, that's a $64,000 question. What do you do? What do you do to restore, to refuel, to refresh? And the other part of mission is the, the other component there is vision, and I love the, just the simple definition of vision as seeing, seeing it as if it already is. So the question is, what is it? And it is this ideal, you know, realizing an ideal state for your emotional health, maybe, your physical health, your family, your family's health. Seeing it as if it is. You've got to be able to close your eyes and see the ideal. You've got to be able to answer the question. Who do I serve and how do I serve them? And those things all come together to answer the why. And, you know, the why. Why do I do this? Well, the answer right. has to be about something bigger than yourself. Um, and so that, to me, would kind of be an opening statement, I guess, is this idea of mission and vision that articulates your why. So right. does that grease the skids for us? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's important, to sometimes – to you kind of have to when you're gonna when you think about like recalibrating. You're going through because people, I mean, even me, go through seasons despite how you feel about what you're doing. A burnout, mm-hmm. and to I mean, you can either get burnt out and you're finished, or what I've had to do from time to time is to recalibrate and take myself back to why do I do this in the first place.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that too. You know,
1: and that's, I think probably in all, in like, just like you said a minute ago, in all areas of your life, why am I here? The same thing. Why do I do this? But I think that's, for me, has been an imperative thing to do. It's been important to be like, why did I decide to be a paramedic and a firefighter and and all this stuff? And for me, because this is because of faith i understand that i was created for this yeah. this is who i am i've tried other things the best analogy i can come up with is when you find what your calling is or what you were like what god had your your plan everything seems to be in a groove but if you're not if you're kind of operating to the side of that or away from it to me it's like the shopping cart with the one battery. You. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And your yeah. whole yeah. life has <laughs> got that one. Shopping I,
2: shopping. you know what? I, I do a, I spend a fair amount of time on the mountain bike and what I think what I was thinking before you mentioned the shopping cart I envisioned a road with a washboard. It's like when you're, <laughs> when you're <laughs> Exactly. When you're <laughs> yeah. in the right place at the right time doing the right thing it's just like going downhill on a glassy smooth road and the wind is in your face and it's absolutely beautiful. And it is the ideal moment. And then when you're out of congruence, if, if you're out of whack, out of balance, it's all of a sudden, it's like hitting that washboard. Da, 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 and that's like, wait, what happened? So uh, a couple thoughts on that. The first one was we just had a conversation with a client yesterday. And what we were talking about was triggers, positive triggers to help nice. stay in a place and we talked about a number of things, and one of them that we talked about was, and this might, this might be a literal example, uh, but at least generally, this idea of creating positive triggers. The literal example was using door jams, using door jams every time you walked through a doorway. Let the door jam be a positive trigger, a reminder to ask this question. As I go through this door, how do I want to show up? Or who do I want to show up as? Right. That's good. And so when you're on the job, even if the circumstances around you are really tough, you get to still decide, regardless of the circumstances, when you're walking through that door, I get to choose who do I want to be when I come through here. Now think about when you're coming off of a hard day and you're walking into the home and if you have a spouse and or kids waiting for you, what if you thought that same way? Yes, you had a really hard day and you are tired. Maybe you're tired to the bone. Maybe you are emotionally drained. However, the people on the other side of that door, they're they're hoping to see the husband, the dad, the wife, right. whatever the role is, of this person that they love and care for and want to have quality, good quality time. So it's just like this idea of what if when we come through that door, Dan, we choose. And going back to this idea of faith. Here's the thing. We are unique in all of the universe. We are unique in all of creation in our ability to decide. There's a moment between stimulus and response. And in that moment is our free will in that moment is like that door jam to choose. When we go through this door, how are we going to show up? And I like to personally say it's in that space between stimulus and response. That's where Holy spirit lives. Right. i know that's probably heretical i don't know if that's like biblical <laughs> accurate, but i love it for me it's this idea that holy spirit's waiting in that space saying do you want to have a conversation here do you want to talk about how you're going to respond i'd be happy to work that out with you and the other thing and that's where i like to say we react out of the flesh but we respond out of the spirit yeah mm-hmm.
0: even i think kind of going back to what you were saying jim like recalibrating because you can know your vision. You could know your mission. You can know why you're doing stuff and you could be sailing along and then get triggered with the bad conversation. And mm-hmm. so like, like today I had a really, really great day. Everything was great. And then I had like just a passing comment that just kind of like didn't even really know it was there. Totally put me in a bummer mood for a couple hours. And so that space between, I had to kind of take a step back and go, why am I doing this? Like, why am okay. I getting myself so down? Because I I know what I'm called for. I know, know, even if I'm working out all the details in the grand scheme of things, I know know God's got me. I know what I'm doing. Um, The details are just like, you know, different every day. But um, I think those moments of how quickly can you recalibrate? How quickly can you Mm, get back to... Because you're you're going to lose sight. Like you're going to take a couple steps in the woods the wrong direction and have to go like whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. Which nothing looks right. yeah, nothing looks familiar. I have no idea what I'm doing right now. <laughs> you know. So,
2: at, now, I think the really good news in that is that just as quickly as we can step off the trail in your example into the weeds, we can just as quickly reframe and step back out and get back. Yeah, back. yeah. And I think too often what we end up doing is we. We stay in that place. Uh, we go off, off the rails. And then for whatever reason, we end up continuing to run down that path and yeah. uh, learning. And this is an area that I've been working on a lot. And it's an area that I still have a lot of growing to do. Just ask my wife um, that I call it the funk monster. It's yeah. like that funk, that funk comes on me. And now thankfully, I've gotten to the point where I can see it coming. And so because I can see it coming, I usually can respond to it better. But the idea of reframing, the greatest gift, that was given me in a long, long time was when somebody signed out. This idea that just as quickly as it came on, you can ask it to leave. It's like, it's a right. mindset shift. That's it's good. that the recalibrate to use Jim's word. We get to recalibrate and go back, take that step back. And what I also feel is important is to know that sometimes it's okay to just not be okay. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's not condemned. Let's not make it a, you know, this place of condemnation when we go to a, to a dark place, we're emotional beings. And mm-hmm. as a result, we tend to have highs and lows. So there's nothing wrong in that. The question is, what are we going to do with it? Yeah. And, and right. sometimes we need to sit in it for a minute and process it. But we should always know that there's a way out. Right.
0: I, yeah. I have a re- close friend of mine that said we just can't live there. It's okay to, to feel that. It's okay to to be in that moment. but we can't live there and have it like control us.
2: Um, I scribbled some notes earlier today. And good. what I wrote down was be okay with being okay, but don't overstay your welcome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right. That's so, good. That's good.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so, um, and then part, and maybe this will help in, in like the how, so how, so Jason Goldberg is this great coach. And one of his little acronyms that he teaches is JF, JFT just for today. And his point is in that, Sometimes when we're thinking about solutions, we tend to go feel like it's this. It's this one. Well, he would use the example in diet. Well, if I'm going to lose weight, I, I have a hard time committing to it because, frankly, I, I don't want to eat, I don't want to be vegan for the rest of my life, whatever. I love meat right. and maybe I'll go vegan to lose the weight, but I don't. Well, what he would say is, what if we just say just for today? Just for today. What's one thing you can do just for today? And then that's right. let tomorrow take care of itself. And so then Daniel Henderson is this very quotable pastor that I really like. I'm gonna combine these two things because he talks about the win, W I N for win that stands for what's important next. And so combining those things, I would say to somebody who's like in that place of just feeling discouraged, is just for today, what's important next? Just for today, what's the one next thing that you can do? To, to pull you, to recalibrate again, going back right. to that word. I really like that word. Um, I did also talk, I scribbled some notes about, I wanted to talk about the idea on a bigger scope. And this would be, as opposed to a moment, maybe a, a day or a season of, right. of challenge, of the encouragement. And what I wrote down was, to know your energy gainers and your energy drainers. Um, and the idea there would be, if you know your energy gainers like for me it literally is a walk in the woods for me it's getting up early and going outside and getting some fresh breaths of air pouring a cup of coffee and then sitting in my god chair and just spending some quiet time and prayer and devotion and um my gainers uh quality time with my with my life of course what are my gainers and then and so the idea is if you cue those up intentionally that can go a long way to helping you either stay or you know get reimbursed. And then the drainers make a list of what are your energy drainers, and then figure out what you can do. What was that?
0: I'm laughing. I'm like, what? What if you can't remove them?
2: And that is going to be the next thing. Is is I was thinking. No, I
0: didn't mean to jump the gun.
2: No, you're right. But it is, and it's that's the problem. And in in my in my picture, I always think of of drainers as like a mountain, right? I mean, sometimes it feels like that. It's a mountain, but the question is: Do I go under it? Do I get? Do I go over it? Do I go around it? Or certainly there is this option of prayer that maybe God will remove it. Right. Um, but the idea there is: is there are ways to deal with your drainers, and and that usually what what I if I'm working with a client, it's, we might have a conversation about how you literally move those. Sometimes you can literally move drainers to the gainers column by either changing your perspective or changing your approach or changing, you know, some aspect of it. But the first thing is just to be aware of it. So this goes back to the triggers thing. Sometimes your drainers, they're, they're negative triggers. Right. So just becoming aware of them can really, really help. So part of that, okay. The way I wrote it was make a list of what's getting in the way. So if you're struggling to stay encouraged, uh, going, going back to Daniel Henderson that's something else he says. He defines Discouragement as the temporary loss of perspective. Yes. Oh, that's good. Yes. That's real good. So, the question simply then is how do I regain my perspective? How do I recalibrate? How do I take a step back to get back on the path? And um, one of those things, so that you can kind of build up the muscle to make this more habitual of, you know, proper response to it, would be make a list of what typically is getting in your way. So you can raise the awareness. Oftentimes, I don't know if in the past, maybe you guys have talked about the aspect of fear and that. So often fear looks like this big, formidable brick wall. Right. But when you lean into it, you realize it's nothing but a vapor. right? And when you lean into it, you can actually fairly easily move through it. It's kind of like making this list of the things that get in the way of your energy drainers. Just putting them on paper sometimes is a big step toward overcoming that. It's just raising awareness because when you put it on paper in a lot of ways, it's either like, you know, now that I put it down there, it's really not that bad. Or at least you put it down there and then it'll start the process of, but okay, maybe it is a toughie, but, but what do I do about it? And when you ask that question, what can I do about it? What What's worked in the past? What hasn't? What could I do different? Um, you know, what is it? what is my belief around that that's maybe setting me up to fail? And how can I maybe change my mindset around that?
1: Absolutely. And, and you know, especially, so in a season, like we've come through, what are we like seven months of restrictions and yeah. COVID and all these things. So a good example, and we won't get in any real detail at all, but so our home church is having to take a step back, you know, it's like a punch in the gut, really, Mm -hmm. for a lot of us. Definitely. You know, but going through this season, a big a big kind of landmark for all of us, be it sort of like for the first responder community, which is comprised of of the police fire, EMS and dispatchers and, and whatnot, um we had this whole season of where we were frontline heroes. Everybody loved us and everybody bringing us stuff. People were constantly showing up at our headquarters with cookies and donuts and lunch. And somebody once I remember telling Ashley about this on a podcast episode, somebody sent ordered pizza. Some dude who's family member was taken to the hospital by our agency who lives in Florida had pizza brought in the, you know, and all these things then all of a sudden we have this this incident in minnesota right mm-hmm. and now one 24-hour news cycle comes around and we're vilified now we're terrible and now you know it's it's interesting how kind of as a side note how in this country we kind of monolith everybody you know And we all get lumped in together and then we need more trainings and all this other stuff. But for a lot of folks, I mean, me included initially, it was really hard. That's a hard shift when really we were doing nothing different. We're still going to show up, you know. So for a lot of people that this kind of tail end of the initial COVID season has been has been difficult. Because while nobody condones what bad officers do, we're all, we're all one. And where sometimes I, I don't think it's an overstep or I'm thinking too deeply, but as a kind of emotional dude and someone who loves the community he works in, someone who's grew up my adult life being in the military and then in the fire service and then in EMS the real brotherhood family aspect comes. And then I've actually had thoughts when people are kind of voicing their opinions of police officers. I, in fact told one, one other person, like, well, if you hate one of us, you hate all of us, you know, and took it to, and you know, me, you know, me, we've worshiped together and you're saying these, these horrible things. So you hate all of us. And so it kind of gets unhealthy. And so a lot of the triggers and stuff like that that have pulled some of us down have just been just this season, you know, and just kind of the weight of it, the heaviness of it.
2: Oh, man. And, I, I man, thanks for sharing. It hurts my heart to hear it, but I get it I, in the sense that I've, I've heard that. And, and the thing that pains me personally is – um it's this idea that it's like, I don't know, one or two, three percent. Right. People on people on either end of the spectrum are the ones that are making the most noise and getting the press. But that leaves ninety-four percent of the people that their opinions of first responders was always very positive and hasn't changed. Right. right. I agree. So I think in, in terms of you know, how do I help you or those like you, uh, you know, sharing that, that thought it's, this is one of those things where I feel like, Oh my goodness, Chuck, are you going to really say that? Cause it sounds, you know, cheesy almost. Cause it's so, it's so easy to say and hard to do, but the idea is to not be attached to that outcome, to that new cycle, to that story. And so, let me see if I can find it real quick one of the things that I have taken to with my clients is the idea of affirmations and the, the default place to start is this idea that in the morning if you're look, brushing your teeth and the first dialogue that you could have with yourself as you're looking at yourself in the mirror brushing your teeth is I am an adopted son or daughter of the most high God. And okay. I was uniquely knit together in my mama's womb. I was given gifts and talent and there is a purpose and a plan for my life and preordained good works for me to do that. I am here at this time in this place for a purpose that is bigger than me and that what I do is, is for God's glory and for my good and those that I care for and for the benefit of those that we serve. And then this, my, my specific affirmation around, around my work is my, this is me personally. So, but, so take it as the idea not the specifics, but it's, I'm an influencer. My work is important to both God and man. So that what I say, do, and believe matters more than I can know. Using my gifts of compassion language teaching, I lead others to their divinely inspired purpose. Now, if you had an affirmation for yourself in the work that you do, the life that you live, the idea would be if you do believe that God is a good, good father who loves to give good gifts to his children, that we will always be enough and have enough. And that he will always have our backs. With that, we can kind of literally and figuratively step into the fires of the day, right. of the circumstances. And so much easier, like I said, so much easier said than done, because so often my conversations, when we talk about this stuff, frankly, is about how can I be a better mom? How can I be a better leader in the office? And honestly, there's weight in this conversation that I'm feeling like. Holy God, Like you're talking about people that are literally stepping into the fires, and and that's like suddenly like I'm like wow this is this is hard in the sense that I I don't want to I don't want to come off as as cliche in any way shape or form, but just that idea that for you to stay you and the you know, people we're talking to your audience oh, to be able to be fully present in the moment working as if you are working for the Lord and not for the talking heads and the media seekers and the troublemakers. You're working for an audience of one. Right. And you're working to serve one right now, that one in front of you. And how do you do that? Well, it goes back to this idea of, Man, if we're really, really clear on our mission, who we serve and how we serve them, and our vision, what do we see as the ideal outcome and that fuels our why? Why are we doing this?
1: And that needs to be stronger than all the other right. voices, yeah. Right. And that's something that Ashley and I have used kind of our, I don't know, maybe our quote of the season as we say that it's, it's, what is it? Is simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And so for, for our community, for the EMS and first responder community, I think a big thing is we always have to approach the next call or the next incident or whatever, as hard as it might be, as if the one that you're coming from never happened. It's kind of like a double-edged sword, right? So if I'm coming from whatever happened last, whatever, uh, horrible fatality car incident, car accident motor vehicle accident and then you call me to your house i need to be able to approach you and your family as if the horror that i just saw never happened like yeah. you can never know about that
2: i'll never forget a conversation i had with pastor jim once years ago and he and he It sounds crass when I say it. He didn't say it in a crass way at all. But he said, I literally have to be able to go from holding a man's hand in a hospital bed as he takes his last breath. And then I go eat a hamburger. Right. And and that was his point is for his own mental, spiritual, emotional health. I have to be fully present in the moment. Yeah. But I can't internalize that moment.
1: Right. And that's the key. That is the key. For whatever, however you, you know, whatever your academy was, how great you did in that. And this goes across the board for our listeners, for the veterans, mm-hmm. guys serving now, yeah. you know, paramedics, EMTs, firemen, police officers, all of that. That skill set of just being present in that one moment, you know, and it's interesting for the outsider looking in, it's strange and sometimes probably very off-putting when we say things where I've been on something terrible. And my next thought is anybody else want a burrito, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I, yeah, but, I, can, I can only imagine, put, but, and it's just, you know, and honestly what's inre- super interesting about the human body is that's really a mechanism that fight or flight thing, that stressor mm-hmm. really takes enough out of you in those longer scenarios you're, you're, there's a real hunger
2: yeah
1: you've put out so much energy yeah that it seems funny but it's like wow we just did that let's eat. that's you know because you need to yeah. you're in a point of need to but yeah. to mm-hmm. kind of swing back to the point just the idea that we word of encouragement to our listeners as we have the opportunity when we show up to make whosoever we're showing up to well, as soon as we arrive we have the ability to make their situation better. Yeah. yeah. And just to, to live into, for me, that's a big, that's a, how I stay so, you know, fond of it and in it and stuff like that is to know that when I arrive, when we arrive, my partner and I, and whoever shows up with us, your situation just got better. So to be able to keep that always, always to the forefront of your mind, I think is is important and for the longevity.
2: Like you know, right. hero, heroes that never slow down, take a breath, refuel, recharge. Eventually, are going to be the burnt
1: out sense right. stories. Right, and then
0: yeah,
1: and then that the perceived energy gainer be, becomes not self care but self harm.
2: Yeah, oh, that's that. another. That's another yeah. really good. Co- that was the thing we actually we were going to talk about last time when we talked about me coming on the show was me coming on more as the runner guy and right. about uh, replacing poor habits with, you know, better habits. And, right. and the thing is like the idea of running, I was a triathlete for a lot of years and a lot of the people that I met in the triathlon circles were recovering addicts right. and it was triathlon for them in a way was a savior in the sense that, Where it became a good habit, right? Yeah. Right. It became like I have this, if you will, an addictive personality or these different labels we put on, and I had addictive behavior. Um, Well, maybe you could still say I'm an addict, but now I'm an addict about how good of an athlete I can become. Now I'm just
0: super disciplined. <laughs> now
2: sure. Yeah, exactly. I used to be a really good right. drinker. Now I'm a really good runner. Yeah. All right. It is. It's practicing discipline. Yeah. And, and so not to make light of, a, of what can be a very no, right. difficult yeah. journey, but yeah. but yeah, I know a lot. And it, it's interesting because I did, I met so many guys, so many stories. And what's awesome is the stories were stories of victory because yeah. there was right. a dark chapter but then there was victory. There was there was light on the other side of that story. And, and, and a lot of that light, then it's like you know, a finish line in a race suddenly becomes an incredibly profound event. And so the question would be again, it can be something as simple as a burrito, something as profound as a finish line of a race. That's like right. find your find your thing and then practice your thing. Right. we didn't even talk about it, but I gotta believe. Uh, you've probably covered this before. It's just the idea of a support system. I was just thinking about that too. Like yeah. most athletes will tell you that no, they wouldn't have gotten there if they didn't have an effective support system. So making right. sure you're surrounding yourself with the right people is crazy right. important as well. Uh, the last note I wrote, and this actually came just before you on the call. Um, and it's like, it was like this download. I so I'm like, maybe this was a God thing. Uh, Cause it wasn't in my original notes, but what I wrote down was, You can't take your same old self into a bright new future. Right. And so this idea is if you are in a stuck place and you really do sincerely want to move to a better place, the idea is you need to do some, some work on yourself. And one of the best ways to do that is to surround yourself with people that look a lot more like the person you want to become. Right. So, you know, the old adage is um, if you, uh, if you hang around four millionaires, you're going to become the fifth. If you, if you hang around four really good dads, you're going to become the fifth. If you're, if you hang around four really successful business owners, you're going to become the fifth. So the idea is surround yourself with people that already look more like the person you want to become. Right. And, and then you have to, this, this example I gave yesterday of the, the gentleman with, the door jam trigger
0: mm-hmm.
2: is it was a really kind of a, was a very special moment because this gentleman tends to be very closed about the stuff he wrestles with. And so okay. just to get to the place where he would finally talk about what was kind of, if you will, keeping him on the wrong side of the door jam was huge. And I think that's another, that, that idea of healthy community is to get around people that you can be really vulnerable and really honest with. And then if they are really good people, they're going to be able to see you in that destiny. They're going to see that. They right. already see it in you and they get to call it out of you. And then you just walk it out and, and amazing. Right. And truly transformational stuff can happen.
1: You know, I heard um, as a, a podcaster, I obviously I listen to a lot of them. And um, I was listening to a, a gentleman on Joe Rogan's podcast from last week. He's a British guy named Douglas Murray. And he was talking about from an outsider looking in to our country in these times and with the, how the media is and social media and, and kind of the collective accusations over people and all these other things. And Joe Rogan asked him at one point, he says, you're, you're a scholar, you're a political analyst, you're an author, and people have publicly cast hate on you and been very critical of you. And Rogan asked him, how do you deal with that? Like, and he was asking, like, as a help to me, how do you deal with that? And this, what the guy said to me, it sounds, it's abrasive sounding maybe, but what he said was it doesn't even bother me. He said, because I don't care what people who I don't care about think about me. He said, I have people around me who matter, who it matters what they're because they want me to do well right if in the example was your wife says hey maybe you're off track on this you're going to listen to her because she wants you to do well but if some dude on the street and we'll use me we'll use like my name here if I see someone on the street and they're wearing a I hate Jim Parkin (laughs) t-shirt I'm not going to care like what Mm -hmm. you have to say to me yeah because it's Mm -hmm. and it's kind of the aspect of it's not my business what your opinion of me is and so the question I would ask is
2: is that true meaning you Jim Parkin see somebody wearing I hate Jim Parkin t-shirt is it true that it doesn't matter to you
1: is it true that it doesn't matter to me yes that's okay true. that's beautiful Then the reason I ask
2: questions because I think a lot of us we have to work to get to that place yeah and so for those of yeah. us that actually see that t-shirt and we instantly internalize it or we feel like or we puff up and we feel like we have to fight against it or whatever that reaction is that's an indication of the same old self if you will it's not ready to go into a bright new future so the issue here's the thing the issue is not with the guy wearing the t-shirt
1: no right exactly the issue
2: it's not so either I don't care and I'm in a healthy place and I don't care and I celebrate you and I think that's awesome or if for the person that does care um, the issue is yeah but I need to turn the arrows in and say okay. what do I need to do for me so that it doesn't bother me it's not about teaching that guy a lesson or telling him what's up, you know, right. it really is about being able to say, how do I get to that place where I really don't give a rip about people, what they think of me, people right. that I don't care about. I don't care what they think of me.
1: So fantastic.
0: Oh my gosh. My whole brain is just like exploding. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: this is good. <laughs> and this notes is good on thing. my
0: phone and everything. So good. So good. I don't even know what to respond to. There's just a bunch of, bunch of good stuff
2: i'm really um honored honestly to be able to speak to a community like this like i said i came on feeling here worrying about what people are going to think i'm like (laughs) who who am i who am i to speak to this who am i to speak to this community and it comes from this place of like i am in i'm in this place of i have so much respect For the first responder in all those different areas that we talked about, whether it's police or fire, EMT, etc., and to be able to come on here really means a lot. And I hope my prayer is just simply going to be that the stuff that was supposed to land lands, Mm -hmm. and anything else that's chaff just kind of gets blown away and and forever forgotten.
0: Um, I think some of the things that still bother me now at thirty-five. I, I could say, oh man, I'm still struggling with the same things when in reality God's taken me maybe to a new level or to a new oh layer and gosh. to a new perspective. And so I think just Excellent. kind of speaking to that too, that it's, I don't know, myself included, if you if you feel like you're struggling with the same thing and you thought you were done with that five years ago, maybe this is just the right time for you to, to go a little bit farther than what you were able to okay. or now you're yep. ready for that next step with whatever it is and stuff. Thank so just kind of yeah. encouraging had that, folks with that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I had that mental note earlier and I and I wanted to go there and I forgot and it's a little different, but the the thought was make sure you take time to celebrate.
0: Yeah.
2: Make right. sure that you do take All time to just look back and think you may feel stuck. You may feel like you're in a rut. You may feel like you're in the, in the quagmire. But man, what if we took a look back and realize it's this idea of uh, the classic example of when you're a parent and an aunt or an uncle or a grandma or a grandpa shows up and they haven't been there in months. And they look at your kids and they're like, oh, my gosh, they've grown like weeds. Yeah. But when you're with them every day, you don't necessarily see that. Well, right. it's like we're celebrating the growth of your child. It's like celebrate your own growth. Make sure you take time to look back. And then to your point more specifically, Ashley, is you're absolutely right. Sometimes, you know, that saying that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah. Sometimes it is. It's just a timing thing. And, and when God brings something back up, it just may mean
1: that now's the time. Now's the time right. we're going
0: to work yeah. on this. Yeah, man. Um, thank you so much, Chuck. This is yeah, absolutely just tremendous. Um, I think it's absolutely timely for um, just so many folks right now. So thank you so much for your time. Very tonight. much
1: so. Yep. And for me, kind of in closing, like we like to do, like for our listeners, we know, you know for this community that a lot of times we get caught circling the wagons and only listening to each other so it's imperative to have someone kind of from the outside come in and share that different that uh, different perspective for a lot of us to be able to hear it so
0: that's good on behalf of yeah. the first
1: responder community and the lighthouse experiment again thank you Chuck for coming in and and sharing these thoughts it, It'll be huge. It'll. This is going to stick with some people. They don't even know it yet, but they're going to hear this, and they're, you know, and that's what I love the most about this medium of of the podcast, the kind of long form. You know, it gives you know, mm. gives people the opportunity to listen and then go back and listen again, and then yeah. So,
2: so I thanks. love this. I love this posture. I had someone share this with me, and I won't go into the backstory but she showed me this. It was a posture of her ideal state and she had her one hand up and her other hand out. And I asked what that represented. And she said her hand was up to represent what she was receiving from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the hand out was to represent that she was just a conduit to give. And so what, maybe that's the thought I'd like to leave you guys, maybe that imagery, but this idea of everything that we do, we have an opportunity to do it to God's glory for the benefit of those we serve right on. and then in that it'll be for our good too as we're blessing we will be blessed and so know that every time they walk through a door jam and they ask that question how do I want to show up here who do I want to be in this moment know that they have an opportunity to glorify God and and be Jesus hands and feet in that moment to serve the greater good and for those of us on the outside looking in man we do not we do not take
1: that lately. yeah well, all right thank you so much thank you we appreciate it and so for our listeners as always thanks for coming on hanging out with us tonight thanks for listening check us out on social media we will have a community night coming up and also some exciting changes that maybe in the next couple of weeks we'll let in on so with that again have a great night have a great week see you next time
0: see you guys